Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. Pop quiz. Pop quiz this morning. Um, some, of, some of you are looking like, what are you talking about? Um, how many names can we name for the names of Jesus in the scriptures? Just call them out. Prince of Peace. Emmanuel. Alpha and Omega. Thank you. <laughs> Those of you playing along at home, feel free to jump in that conversation. Anything else? Son of man, son of God, Lord of all, Savior, Messiah, Lamb of God, Holy Spirit, Yahweh, Lion of Judah, um, the um, son of Mary. What's the Jesse reference? Root of Jesse? Thank you. Um, Listen to the scripture this morning, because we're going to get introduced to another name for Jesus. Actually, there's two names for Jesus that Peter is writing about in 1 Peter 1, chapter 2, verses uh, 4 through 10. As you come to him, meaning Jesus, the living stone, there's a new name, right? Uh, As you come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. There's another name for Jesus. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you so much for your word this morning. Your word is alive and well and dwelling among us. So help us this day, O God, to hear it with fresh ears, to receive it with a fresh heart, 
to allow it to come into our lives in a fresh spirit. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, just like there were a number of names uh, for Jesus throughout the scriptures, uh, my guess is we probably didn't get them all, but uh, I'll go back and check the tape and see, uh, see if we did. There's also a number of metaphors that the Bible uses uh, to describe the fellowship of believers, to describe us together as the church. And of course, probably the most common is Paul's use of the metaphor of the body of Christ. We've been talking about the body of Christ for uh, probably almost two years now here. When you talk about spiritual gifts, you, you talk about the body of Christ. Um, we've been unpacking and digging deeper into Paul's vivid description and depiction that the followers of Jesus together make up the body of Christ. We bring who we are, we bring our gifts, we bring them together, and the body of Christ is formed. And, and what's so important about that is when, when there are gifts missing, the body of Christ is incomplete. But we want to talk about Peter today, and so in today's scripture reading, Peter uses a slightly different metaphor. He doesn't refer to the body of Christ, but he uses the metaphor of building a house to illustrate both our own growth in our own spiritual lives, but also building a body of, or the building of a house to represent the building of of the fellowship of believers. So we're, we're, we're a body of Christ, according to Paul. We are a building, spiritual building, spiritual temple, uh, according to Peter. And by using this comparison, Peter is telling us that we as followers of Jesus ought to be in the business of building and not destroying. We ought to be in the business of building. In, in chapter 1, uh, Peter has instructed us to rid ourselves of evil, to, to embrace and engage this holy life that we are called to, to grow up in our uh, salvation. And then he proceeds now to tell us how to do that. But more specifically than just talking about building a house, we are building God's house, God's spiritual temple. And there's a vast difference between building a house and building God's house. Because building God's house, building a spiritual temple requires very specific kinds of building materials. I had the um, pleasure back in seminary, back in the early 1990s, I almost said early 1900s, but I'm not quite that old, early, early 1990s, um, to meet uh, Helen Nearing. Uh, Helen and Scott Nearing were kind of famous back in the 60s for the homesteading movement. Uh, they, they re, they, he was a college professor, she was a concert violinist. They moved back to the land, they, they uh, took all the rocks off the fields and built their house out of them. They planted, they, they would have people come and stay with them to learn how to do this. And every rock they talked about was precious to them. 
But when we're talking about building God's house, we're talking about a building material that isn't a rock found in a field. It's a living stone. It's a living stone. It's you and it's me. And it's anyone and everyone who says yes to Christ and becomes part of that spiritual house. Living stones are, are, are the very lives of, of those of us who have become spiritually alive because we have faith and belief in Jesus Christ. But we can't forget our place in that house, and that is Jesus is the cornerstone and not us. He is the foundation and the cornerstone for our individual lives, but also for our life together as God's spiritual temple, the church. And again, verse 4 begins this teaching of Peter on the idea that uh, God's living temple is built on the living stone, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. So think of it this way. Peter is saying not only are we brothers and sisters in Christ, not only are we in the same family as Jesus, but we are in the same house. We are stones in God's spiritual temple. And we are stones together. Now let me be clear. We are at 80 Inbury Avenue this morning. And I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about 80 Inbury Avenue. I'm not talking about the Beach Pavilion. I'm not talking about any other physical structure. When I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the brothers and sisters, the followers of Jesus coming together and being the body of Christ, according to Paul, being God's spiritual temple, being the church of Jesus Christ. And that is us together no matter where we find ourselves. If, if we're building our life together and our individual lives on the cornerstone, that is Jesus Christ. And so last week, I talked about imperative and indicative verbs. We're going back to the English lesson today. And the participle that's used here by Peter, the tense and the voice, indicate that, that this coming to Christ is both a personal and a continual approach. So in other words, the church is made up of those who have come to Christ and who are continually coming to Christ. Does that make sense? Made up of those who have come to Christ and continue to come to Christ. And we continue to come to Christ, seeking him in our fellowship together as believers, in worship, in Bible study, in small groups, in service, in prayer. Peter, in these first two chapters, refers to Jesus as our living hope, our living word, and now our living stone. And he's using the phrase living stone here because Jesus has conquered all that which kills, steals, and destroys. 
He is the living stone because he has conquered sin, he has conquered death, and he has conquered the grave. Jesus Christ is the living stone because the grave couldn't hold him and he was resurrected from the dead and is alive forevermore and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus is the living stone. He is the the very and only one we can stake our life on here and now and stake our eternal life on. Peter pushes us a little here. And if I were to stop the sermon now, other than you looking at your watch and going, yay. (laughs) It would be a full message to know Jesus is the cornerstone, right? But Peter says, because we have faith in Christ, because we are the followers of Jesus, we are being made into living stones. We are being made, we become living stones who are being built together into a spiritual house, which is for for service to God and to glory to God. Verse five says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because of the life-giving power that comes into our lives, when we become alive in Christ, we become living stones like Jesus, the living stone. Friends, all spiritual life comes from Christ. Period. All spiritual life comes from Christ. And since Christ is our living stone, those of us who have a relationship with him, again, become living stones also. And each time someone trusts Christ as Lord and Savior, each time somebody new says, I believe in Jesus, I accept him, he is my Lord and Savior, that living stone is brought into the house of God, and we ought to celebrate that, that new building materials are part of who we are as the people of God. Back to my friend Helen Nearing. She said it wasn't until all of those scattered stones around the field were put together and arranged and um, cemented together, if you will, that they became functional and usable and fulfilled their purpose. And I think it's the same way with us. We are not stones that are scattered, at least we shouldn't be, but we are stones that God is bringing together and has brought together to be added to his house. So God's house, God's spiritual temple, can be functional and fulfill its purpose. We are living stones not scattered uselessly about, but are together built into God's church, built into God's spiritual house, 
Again, we're not talking about the bricks on the outside of this building, but us together as the followers of Jesus. Peter quotes Isaiah in his writing, Isaiah 28, 16, to be specific. For this is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And those who believe in him will not be put to shame. Friends, if we believe in Jesus, we will not be put to shame. You know, I've used cornerstone. I I, I guess I shouldn't assume that everybody knows what a cornerstone is. Because if you don't, this doesn't make any sense, right? Webster's Dictionary defines a cornerstone as a stone which lies at the corner of two walls and unites them Uh, specifically, it's a stone built into the corner of the foundation of of an edifice, of a house, of a building. It is the starting point for the building of the rest of the house. And if you don't get that cornerstone right, (laughs) good luck when you go to put the roof on. (laughs) But Jesus is our cornerstone, so there is no question our cornerstone is right and true and perfect and perfect. And it is, he is the starting point of our life together as the church. Paul writes in a similar way. He says, you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. Friends, Jesus has not become the cornerstone by accident or by his own initiative. He was chosen by God to be the cornerstone. And he is precious to God. We heard that in Isaiah. We heard that in Peter's writing. The cornerstone whose Jesus is precious to God. He is to be held in honor. He is to be worshipped and praised and glorified. He is dear to us. He is precious to us. And he is precious to God. Again, Peter describes Jesus as the living stone and indicates that he is precious in the eyes of God. Christ is the enduring stone as well upon which God has built our salvation. And he is the only foundation that we can build our life of eternal significance. Friends, there's only one Savior. It's Jesus Christ. You all know that, right? You all know that, right? If you don't, listen carefully. There's only one Savior, and it's Jesus Christ. There's only one spiritual building, God's spiritual building, and that's the church. Again, not a particular denomination, not a particular location, but the followers of Jesus, the brothers and sisters of Christ, in Christ, coming together to be the church. And Jesus Christ 
is the foundation and the cornerstone. Jesus is the head of the church. I'm a pastor in the church. Jesus is the head of the church. We are totally dependent upon Christ for our existence, for our direction, for our vision, for our very life, and for the ministry that God has called us to. We have been built into a spiritual house, and we continue to be built into God's spiritual house. So I don't want to assume anything this morning. If you have not yet anchored your life to Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray that this would be the moment of that decision, that you would say yes to Jesus and you would begin to build your life on the sure and firm foundation of Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you this morning and then I want to journey with you as you learn what that means to who you are and what you are. But also recognize that there may be some folks here this morning that have anchored their life to the cornerstone of Jesus, but storms have come along and, and, and trials have come along and, and the wind has blown and you just feel like maybe your foundation is slipping. I want to get you back on solid footing. So I want to pray with you this morning, too. So we're going to take a few minutes now and be in prayer. Uh, if you know folks that don't know Jesus, pray for them. If you, if you are one of those, pray with me. If, if you know folks that are really struggling with their faith or their life, pray for them. If that's you this morning, pray with me. Pray to God as we close our eyes and bow our heads. Oh God, you are our firm foundation. You are our cornerstone. You are the source of our life and our life together. I pray, oh God, through your Holy Spirit, that right at this moment you would open up the hearts and the minds and the souls anyone in the sound of my voice today that is living a life at drift, that doesn't know you and accept you and receive you as Lord. If that's you this morning, then, then, then quietly in your heart say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm tired of drifting. I'm tired of being unsure and unloved. I want you to be in my life and to be Lord of my life. I don't even know what that fully means, but I want to start there so I can anchor my life to yours 
and experience life to the fullest. God, for those, anyone who is feeling like the the sands have shifted underneath them, we know that the cornerstone is in place and it is solid and it is sure and it is firm. If that's you this morning, then, then pray this prayer with me. God, bring me back to your loving arms. Bring me back to your way of life. Bring me back to Jesus. And anchor my soul into Christ. I know the joy of knowing Christ, and now I I desperately want that he be with me every day. And I want to be with him every day. Bring me back, O oh God, in your mercy. And Lord, as the church, as, as your followers in this time and place, we desire nothing except to be built on Jesus Christ and to allow everything we do flow out of our relationship with Jesus, fueled by the power of his Holy Spirit. Make it so, Lord. Make it so. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, oceangrovechurch.com. And you can contact us via email at oceangrovechurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace.